following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Just like that, football season is essentially over. This is the intentional foul for the week of February 3rd, 2020. I'm Josh. He's Dan. Thank you for listening, downloading, subscribing. Tell your friends. The post-Super Bowl edition, some college basketball, some NBA, and that's pretty much it because there's not much happening. Yeah, we're we're in a little little post Super Bowl dead area here with yeah. pre spring training. Right. Uh, basketball's kind of a little bit in the dog days. You're kind of waiting for college basketball tournament season to start and mm-hmm. and, and all that. So yeah, this well maybe maybe a little briefer of a show than normal, but you well, never you never know. Last with week us. we went over an hour, yeah. which we're gonna try and fire up. Um, we missed posting that because of some technical problems so we did get some requests and some inquiries about where the last podcast episode was and we'll try and uh, upload that right before we get to this one but yeah uh, it's recorded i just can't get it off the sd card i don't understand how any of that works so maybe i'll take it to the engineer at the studio tomorrow and he'll be able to figure it out for me all right so should we start obviously with the super bowl because that is the uh, big news on Fox. Um, good game, not good game. What did you think? I saw it. I said it this morning. It's one of those things where it was a close game and it was a dramatic game, but at the same time, everything leading up to that, it just wasn't that exciting. I kind of felt like a, just a regular football game, right? It kind of. I did. mean, it was. Yeah, I was entertained. I watched the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we've certainly seen worse Super oh, Bowls. God, I mean, yes. the ones when we were kids were. Every one of them was a blowout. The but. first Super Bowl that I can remember was when Troy lived a couple of blocks down, and we had his family over, and it was the Niners and the Chargers. Oh, that was geez. my that was my first vivid Super Bowl memory, and I think was it Young or Montana at the time? I was Young. Hit Jerry Rice down the seam for like seventy yards right off the bat, and I think it was what fifty five to something. Yeah, and it was just an absolute stomp. Mm-hmm. And I was like that, but that's like the first actual Super Bowl memory that has stuck in my mind. Well, and I was thinking about it today because um, I mean the first one that sticks in my mind is uh, Super Bowl 80, twenty, right. the 80, 85 right. Bears eighty six Super Bowl. But like, I pretty much can remember bits and pieces of all of them after that. Sure. And it's funny to look back, like the eighties and the early nineties, basically up until that Super Bowl that mm-hmm. you just talked about. Uh, they were all blowouts, and they were all won by the NFC. And mm-hmm. then, you know, then things kind of changed in the late 90s, and then, of course, when the Patriots got rolling. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It was it was a, it was was an entertaining game. Um, I think the, the, the Patrick Mahomes kind of, is he ready to, to grab the torch here, was kind of the most interesting part of the game. Yep. And, and uh, for most of it, it appeared that that wasn't quite the case. I mean, I was texting with a buddy, and um, it was in the fourth quarter when they were down 
10. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, are you ready tomorrow for all the Pat Mahomes can't win the big one? And he laughed and he said, no. And I'm also not ready for the Jimmy G isn't as good as everybody says he is. And he's overpaid because you knew we were going to get one or the other. Somebody, well, somebody called into to, to uh, my boss to show today. I heard it. Yeah. And the old guy, I think they need to do better. Really? He just took his team to the Super Bowl. Right. You're and you're that ready to get rid of him. Let's pump well, the brakes a little bit. That's football fan in America now. Gee, and that, that, that dude wasn't even a 49ers fan. But I was like. I'm not really sure that you should be having this discussion less than 24 hours removed from the game. I mean, I understand the if you're a 49ers fan, maybe you you have some of those thoughts. But if you're just a regular schmo watching, it's like, why do you care that much? Yeah, I, I'm I'm not sure that that matters. But so, <laughs> well, as as every NFL game, it seems, especially these playoff games, uh, the referees. Do not come out completely unscathed. No, Although I will say, I loved it. It was like a three-hour and fifteen-minute Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. It got over around like I don't know, a little before nine or yeah. right about nine, which is pretty damn awesome for a Super Bowl. Considering all the commercial content and the halftime and the long halftime. Yep. So the lack of constant replays and flags, I thought, was great. Yep. You know, there was um, there was the offensive pass, pass interference, interference on at the end of the first yep. half. And then there was uh, the non-delay of game call mm-hmm. at the end when Garoppolo ends up getting sacked on a fourth down. I mean, other than that, I thought it was pretty good. Well, I didn't see that last part because at about the six-and-a-half-minute mark when um, Kansas City was down by, were they down by three, three. at that point? Yeah. We decided... I shouldn't say we. I was asked if I wanted to turn it off or I had any wish to keep watching so we could go watch The Outsider on HBO, which is our Sunday night show. And I was like, this game isn't really doing anything for me. Yeah, it's close. It didn't look like they were really steamrolling ahead. It was just kind of like, oh, they, they're keeping it close. And then I checked the score after we watched, and I saw that they had scored 21 points in the fourth quarter and came back to win. So I missed the last flurry of activity by Kansas City. That's unbelievable. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, that, that's fine. I mean, I mean, it's not like Outsiders is like on demand and I, you don't have to watch it right. when it's on. You are right. You're right. Yep. Mr. Football here, that's folks. That's all right. Mr. Was, football. Well, it was, you know, you were ready to give up on the season a couple of weeks in. I was just kind of watching that game, and I was just kind of like, one, I really don't care who wins. Yeah, it's cool, but you know what? We're watching this really cool show. It's our Sunday night thing, and I don't, I, I, I just didn't care. Yeah, it's just the championship. No biggie. I didn't care. No, no biggie. Didn't care. Uh, so, whatever. Okay. All right. Um, but other than that, no, but, but I mean, you didn't hear about the officials as much as no. any playoff or regular season game, it seemed like. Correct. Um, except for that offensive pass interference call, which, uh, you know, they had prayer on, right? Well, that's absolutely, Pat. And I'm like, and then social media started showing side-by-side offensive pass interference calls and just how non-blatant it was. And uh, by, It's one of those, yet yeah, you know, by the letter of the law, Pereira can justify yes. that it's a pass interference, yes. but... Did you need to call it? Probably not. No. But, you know, the bottom line is um, 
and we'll get into this a little bit. The 49ers fucked up the end of that first half so badly that they didn't deserve the call. I like John Lynch in the in the in the yeah. box like timeout, timeout, uh, timeout. Yeah, I don't I don't understand that. We'll we'll get to the coaches in a, in right. a few minutes, but uh, so I mean. I guess when I came out of it, as soon as the game was over, it was kind of like, okay, well, did the 49ers blow it or did the Chiefs win it? Um, Can it be both? You know, and I kind of, it's a little bit of a cop-out. I guess I kind of fall, it's a little bit of both, but if I had to, if I, gun to my head, had to pick one, 49ers blew it. I mean, uh, to me, as I thought back more about it today, I didn't really listen to anybody today. I didn't want to hear the stupid overreactions that you normally hear. As I thought about the game a little bit more today, the 49ers definitely blew that game. I mean, you're up 10 with the ball after Mahomes throws his second pick with about a little under 11 minutes to go. And... You have to, if if nothing else, you have to have like a four to five minute possession there. And they got one first down and then they got a three and out and had to punt. Obviously the Chiefs score, so you're still up three and you get the ball back and you run the ball on first down and then you throw throw. It's a 47 second possession. Sounds like the, some um, of the high school games that we watched. It's I don't know what it is with football and football coaches where and we've talked about it yeah, throughout the season. Just gonna say we've talked about it. Like it's it's almost like they forget who they are and in some cases when when have you ever in a big football game seen a team win by being ultra conservative? It just doesn't happen. And as Badger football fans, we see it all fall. What do you think we saw the last Two or three years of of the Mike McCarthy era, you know, you get up by a couple of touchdowns, eighteen points, something like that, and you take your foot off the gas and you play the clock instead of the team. Part of the reason I turned the game off was I really didn't think Kansas City, even though they had come from behind in both postseason games leading up to that, I really didn't. I'm like the Niners are going to get this back. They're and going the, to run the ball. They're going to run it down their throats yep, and not even that's gi- what they do. Yes, and not even give them a chance to do it. We saw it twice against Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Those are the games that I actually watched the 49ers, and it's like, and you heard that this is just what they're going to do, and they're not going to be able to stop them. Mm-hmm. And that's just what I thought was going to happen. So the fact that they threw twice after running on first down, like, as far as the genius of Kyle Shanahan going in, you really have to question, like, dude, that's the drive of the game. What are you doing, and what's going through your mind? I mean, I get that you want a first down, but uh, what happened to riding the horse that, you know, you rode in on? Right. How, why do you all of a sudden get off and say, we're going to we're gonna take this different path over here? That doesn't make any sense to me. No, and, and you know, was, I heard some, uh, well, I didn't hear somebody, somebody at work said it. Like, it was like he wanted to prove that Garoppolo could win the game, which I don't buy that at all. I don't. I just don't think that's in the, the middle t- of a game a coach would think that way. Especially I just don't. in the championship, no. that's the time you're going to prove that point. No, I, I'm not buying that. But it, it's just it's a strange thing that you see all the time in these football games, college and pro, where it, it, these guys they they tend to outthink themselves yes. and they and they play scared. I mean. This is an offensive example. We saw it. We've seen it for years when teams go into a prevent defense. Yes, um, it, it prevents you from winning. Correct. Um, this was more a little bit of 
it started. It, it should have been a little bit of a prevent offense by running the ball, but mm-hmm. instead he he's trying to throw the ball there. So, you know, even he was asked in the press conference, Shanahan was, um, about the end of the half and why they didn't try to score earlier there and use his timeouts. And his response was they didn't want Mahomes to get the ball back. And it's like you can't play that way. No. You can't play can't thinking play about, oh, I'm so scared of this other player right. that I'm not going to play my game. And that's exactly what happened, and it burned him at the end of the first half, and it burned him at the end of the game, and it ends up costing him a title. That, to me, is something for the announcers to worry about, like, oh, you're going to score and you're going to give whatever. Yeah. To me, the point of the coaching staff at the point at that time would be, we need to score, not mm-hmm. how much time are we going to give them if we score, you worry about the first thing and then let the second thing take care of itself. Cause none of that happens if you don't get in the end zone and then you give them the ball back with even more time. And doesn't it kind of speak to just your general mentality? I mean, that exact situation is what Aaron Rodgers and the Packers have made a living yes. off of in the last yes. 10 years is scoring at the end of the first half uh-huh. and then getting the ball to start the second half and doubling up the 49ers had that opportunity, and they just kind of wasted it away. I mean, and then, weirdly, then they throw that deep pass to Kittle, and it's right. kind of like, are you are you not trying to – like, what are you doing right. here? Then they call a timeout. Then you throw a deep pass. It's like you needed half the time that you would have saved to make up your mind, well, yeah. maybe we should – a little late, I think. Yeah. So that, that whole – that whole thing made no sense. Um, and, you know, the first thing that popped into my mind at the end of the game was like, wow, Kyle Shanahan has now been part of the two biggest blown Super Bowls of all time. Falcons. Yeah, he yeah. was the old coordinator for the 28-3 to blown lead mm-hmm. Falcons-Patriots. So, I don't know, man. Like, I, in, in those two games in the fourth quarter, he's been outscored like 46 to nothing. I mean, I, and that's the thing. It's like I saw a guy on uh, a guy on Twitter that's a used to be used to work in the Cowboy front office. Said all the people criticizing Kyle Shanahan, you know, they're like ninety percent of the teams in football would die to have him as the coach. It's like that's not nobody's saying he's a bad coach, but for whatever reason, in those moments, he's either froze up or just made poor decisions, whatever it is. But he hasn't performed and. It's no different than if a player doesn't perform, you give the player shit. Well, and it's it's weird to me in the days of all the self-scout and you have all these assistants and whatever. Like, don't you think if those situations keep getting presented to those staffs or the head coach in particular, those things figure themselves out and are ironed out because it keeps happening with the same people. Right. I mean, you see the same situation crop up and then you see the same mistakes being made and it's like, how long does it take for you to learn this lesson? Shouldn't you be going through some sort of a simulator or some sort of, a, you know, whatever to put yourself in these positions, albeit with different circumstances, to see whether you cannot make the same boneheaded mistakes that have plagued you? But you never see that. Some guys get a reputation for this stuff because it keeps happening to them. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why that's not fixable. Well, and the guy on the other sideline had that reputation with Andy in Andy Reid. For sure, can't win the big one. And he couldn't manage a clock. Yeah. You know, I mean, he he's got there's countless games you can go back over his career, especially in Philadelphia, that they blew exactly these kind of games. So that's it was kind of poetic justice that he ended up winning, but As far as answering your question, Niners blow Chiefs win, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, Kansas City has to score 
and San Francisco has to give an opportunity to score. Yeah. So, I mean, both of those things need to happen in order for the Chiefs to win. So I think I think the Niners certainly did their part, and Kansas City completely took advantage of it. If you don't, then it's the Niners tried to give it away, and Kansas City couldn't pull the trigger. But but I think that's because of the results. Both happened. So I'm happy for Andy Reid. I love the fact he's a very quotable guy. I love the fact that he was going to go get go have the world's biggest cheeseburger and maybe make it a double. Yeah, how fun is that, dude? That killed me. I loved that. I like the one he said. <laughs> the other one was they, somebody asked him about... What, if he was going to hold the trophy yeah. all night, and he's like, no, nah, I'm going to go out. I'm going to go party with my trophy wife and sit around and listen to Pitbull. <laughs> oh, I didn't hear it's the like, second really? part. It's like, really? Like, you know, <laughs> he, he, you know, and he's like, uh, uh, I saw Lewis Riddick was on SVP, mm-hmm. and he's coming behind Lewis Riddick and, like, making faith. Like, I mean, just, you know, good for that guy. Absolutely. I mean, everybody knows he's his, he's had some rough things in his family over yep. the years, and, um, I mean, you got to put him behind Belichick right now. I mean, him, Pete Carroll, Sean Payton. I mean, those are the best coaches in football. Right now, sure. And it's nice that he can finally kind of get into that group. Probably last night got him into the Hall of Fame. Probably. So, uh, yeah, happy for him. It seems like everybody likes him. Yeah. Um, I heard Favre was telling a couple Andy Reid stories this week. You know him because he was on you the know, Packers and, staff. And, yeah. and it just, he just said, every you know, Andy's a good guy and – um, easy to root for. So, so that was, that was pretty cool. But, mm-hmm. um, well, let's talk about Mahomes a little bit. Um, Super Bowl MVP, which I mean, that, that basically has turned into the NFL's Heisman. Yes. It basically has to be won by a quarterback unless somebody at another position has a game that's so outlandish you can't deny it. Mm-hmm. Like a couple years ago when Edelman won it and his, he just had stupid numbers. Right. Um, I thought Damian Williams should have won it myself, the running back. That's I And that's, that's what the large contingent that I read about the alternative was, was for him. I mean, I get it. He had a rush. You know, Mahomes had a rushing touchdown and then the two late. TDs, I, I get it. So it's it's hard to quibble with it because he's their best player. Mm-hmm. But I thought in that game yesterday that if Williams doesn't play well in the middle part of that game, they they're getting their ass kicked because Mahomes was not very good for a long period. Of he that wasn't. Game. I mean, and it wasn't even in the fact that the front four was necessarily harassing him. He was throwing while going backwards quite a bit and taking a lot off of it. He wasn't stepping in to anything. He was he was short-arming his receivers, throwing everything at everybody's shins mm-hmm. and ankles and stuff like that, and he wasn't getting into his throws. Now, I don't know whether that was because the pocket was collapsing. I And I'm not really a defensive guy. I like scoring and offense as much as anybody. I just I love that 49ers front four. I mean, that's a dream come true for any coach, the fact that you can put four guys against five and you're still going to win. Yeah. That's unbelievable. And that's what everybody, and, and Aikman talked about it during the game, the fact that you can drop seven guys into coverage and still get pressure on the quarterback. Yeah. That's amazing. So it's like, I, yeah, Mahomes was not good, but, I mean, obviously, like you mentioned, he, he hurt him with his feet. He came through when it mattered. So, I mean, I get it. But at the same time, I don't like the fact that it, that it's going to turn into a quarterback award. I mean, Desmond Howard, Super Bowl MVP. He didn't catch a pass. Right. Returned a kick for a touchdown. Right. What else did he do? Right. Not much. And, and But that's how much it, 
it's changed. I mean, I remember what like um, was it I the, think it was Larry Brown yeah, on the Cowboys who safety who had an interception and yep. stuff and yeah. you know like, but yeah, it's it's basically become an offensive award. I mean, it, it, immediately it popped into my head James White. Yeah, yeah. I mean, James White should have won it. What? Yes, two or. Three years, years ago, ago, whatever it was, he caught like eleven balls and ran. And he had for, like two touchdowns, yes. and you know, and yep. they gave it to Brady, you know, because mm-hmm. they want they like that narrative of the quarterback. And it's no. like, well, you're kind of rendering the award. I mean, I kind of, I kind of feel like the Heisman doesn't matter anymore. Not really. Like, it doesn't matter. I mean, they yeah, kind of cheapened it to me. And and to me, when you're and people like to distinguish the fact when they get to the pros, well, you're the Heisman winner. Shouldn't you be good? Well, that just said you're the best player in college football. That doesn't necessarily equate to you to being a good pro. And to my thing, like, well, why are you playing college football? You want to make it to the pros. If you're good in college football, you should be good in the pros. So it's one should have to do with the other. But how many Heisman winners do you see go to the pros and just suck? It just kind of goes to the dumbing down of sports, you know, where it's like the Heisman winner is 99% of the time, it seems, the best player on the best team. It's pretty much that cut and dried. Like, if you're the quarterback of the best team, you're the Heisman favorite. Again, unless some dude runs for 2,400 yards or something, you're going to get it. And it seems like this award, too, is just like, okay, well, it's just a quarterback. Whatever quarterback wins is going to be the MVP. College, I think, also has to be more systematic because so many teams run different stuff whether they spread you out, whether they run, you know, run pass option or whether they go a pro set or whatever. Like if you're really good at running a particular offense, you might not be better than somebody else, but you're going to have the gaudiest numbers and lead right. your team to the most wins. Yeah, if you know you're the I mean? Oklahoma quarterback, you're putting up numbers. Right. Exactly. Now that, you know, Trevor Lawrence might be really great in in his system. Jalen Hurts going to be better? I don't know. Yeah. They're two they're they're completely different guys. But when they go to the, you know, the the Heisman doesn't really matter to me. I haven't paid attention in a couple of years. Yeah. It, it really doesn't. Well, I mean, do, do you, is this the start of a new dynasty, you think? I mean, uh, is this one of those deals where you see the Chiefs running off three out of four or back to back or any of that kind of stuff? I don't know about that because if you look at the landscape across, I mean, you've got Rivers is done in L.A. Um, Brady is is not going to be around and I don't know how many years that he's got left. I mean, it's right now it's a two-horse race, kind of, I think, from here on out. It's Kansas City and Baltimore if Lamar Jackson's going to keep at it. So, But Baltimore's got to prove that they can win the big ones. Right. Um, 0-2 in the playoffs, yeah. Jackson is. So, so I mean, and then, then you've got those teams like the Texans and the Titans just lurking, whether they're, whether they're are they really good, are they just inconsistent, um, but right now it looks like it's a two horse race for at least the next year or two in Baltimore and um and Kansas City. So I'm not I'm not ready to say a dynasty is, is is in the mix, but I think if Kansas City wins another one here in the next year or two, you probably gotta look at, at applying that term. Yeah, I would agree. Um I think the only thing that would give you pause uh that that Kansas City defense has really been up and down. I mean, they played pretty well yesterday, and they played pretty well in the playoffs for the most part. Um, but I don't have a lot of faith in it. No, you know, um, so that that gives me a little bit of a pause. But if they ran into a better offense than San Francisco had, they yeah, probably lose. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I think the Forty ers I think we're going to see them back in the Super Bowl in the next couple of years. Okay. I don't know that it'll be next year, but I I think that team is built 
to be good for a while, especially defensively mm-hmm. with all those young guys up front. Um, you know, my opinion of Garoppolo really didn't change. I thought he was fine yesterday. At one point, he was like 15 for 17 passing. He's not a guy that they're asking to throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns. Um, so I, I think he's, I think he's fine. I think you can, you know, you can certainly win a Super Bowl with him because you were 10 minutes away and you didn't lose because of him. It's mm-hmm. not like he did something stupid to cost you the game. So I think, I think both of these teams are going to be around for a while. Um, a little bit more daunting in the NFC right now. I just think, you know, I'm not sure even next year there's going to be a great team. I was just going to say, but to there's me, more depth. The NFC is a crapshoot. You it could is. you could have a lot of people come out. I mean, San Francisco, albeit with their record, not exactly dominant. Nobody's dominant. We'll see whether the Cowboys take it take a Cowboys, leap as well. Eagles, yes. I mean, a lot of teams that you you looked at as even the Rams as good teams that had a little bit of a down yeah. year. They might very well be back, and then it muddles the water even more. Exactly. So exactly. All right. Um, you know, watch any of the XFL even for five minutes. I think I'm gonna check it out. Honestly, really? Yeah. Okay. I, I, my interest has been peaked. I give Fox credit, and, okay. and it had nothing to do with their commercials yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my good buddy Scott Vanderhei. We're you know, I mean, we've been watching wrestling together since we were in high school, and uh, you know, obviously, we were like yourself. You you know, you watched it and you followed it, and we all watched the original XFL, yep. and that. You know, that was such a... I went to two games at Soldier Field. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> they were awful. You said one, one of them was like the coldest thing coldest you've ever been I to. have ever been. Yeah. I didn't know if I would have to go to the doctor because <laughs> I would get because I would have gotten frostbite. Well, but that league was, was such a middle finger to the NFL, and it was so gimmicky. And it was on purpose. And it, it was. We're not what you guys are. Exactly. Come watch us. This seems to not be that. No. And, and we were talking the other day, and, you know, I really hope... That for for the sake of football, that these two companies can work together, much like the NBA and the G League. And I know the NBA technically runs the G League, but they're separate leagues. I would love to see the XFL be a type of farm system for the NFL. There's some decent players in that league. Um, I mean, Cardell Jones is in it. I think that Bryce Petty's in it. Um, there was a couple running backs that I, I can't remember off the top of my head that I heard their names and, and some stuff that um, I at least knew who they were. There's only two quarterbacks that I think I've even heard of, and I want to say that Connor Cook is one of them, maybe. Yep, yep he's one okay. of them, yep. yep. Um, so, yeah, I mean, my interest has peaked. Obviously, the quality of the football it's is going to dictate be, yeah. it. Yeah, but, I mean, if if it's, like, college-level quality, that's I, I can live with that. Sure. I'm not expecting to see a Packer viking game Mm -hmm. um but you know if if the quarterback's running for his life because nobody can block and they're fumbling all the time and they're throwing it at people's feet well then it's not gonna last but i i'm gonna give it a shot i have no idea when it even starts i know it's on fox landry jones is in there so i mean you know i mean he was a legitimate college player Aaron Murray from Georgia he's in there so there you go i mean okay there's a little it's it piqued my interest at least and i think that's Job well done on their part. My only thing is that I'm going to have to have a sheet next to me with all the different rules. Well, right. Because there's different ways that they go about overtime and, and catches. Some are co- mimic college. Some mimic the pros. They don't even want kickers, it seems like. Yeah, they're but, doing something with the onside, right? Yes. So I, I don't I don't know 
how confused I'm going to be. But I think for like the first week or two, if I tune in for a half an hour or whatever it is, I'll just be like, I'm just going to see what this is about. Yeah, I'm not going to sit and watch the whole game, no. but I'll certainly, if if I remember that it's on or I see that it's on, I'll check it out for a little bit and just see what it is. And Any new league for me is hard because you don't grow up with it and you don't have yeah. a team that you invest in that you really root for. I mean, so the Chicago Enforcers, when they were in the first one, it's like, yeah, they were the closest, but I didn't really care. I mean, it was cool. We could drive down like and Chicago go to a couple of teams. teams. Well, well, I mean, but mo- I just no. like most most Wisconsin people don't like Chicago no. teams. I mean, the only exception is like the Blackhawks because you don't have a choice, right? And and here what the XFL you didn't either, but it but it was so new and you didn't know right. anybody where you didn't have a reason to like them, right? I didn't go out and get Chicago Enforcers gear specifically watch their games. So I mean I think that's what's going to be hard regionally. I will be I, I will be curious to see how the local markets for these teams latch on and whether there is, you know, a following. I, I mean, are they playing at the pro stadiums? Are they playing at college stadiums? I'm not sure. I don't know where the games are, how they're going to sell out, what the tickets are going to be like. I'm just going to go through this. I just hope it lasts more than the AAF or whatever it is. Well, something that I'll shut down. One thing that I think is very important that a lot of people I don't think talk about or think about that the XFL didn't have, they need to have legitimate announced teams for That's this. That's true. You know, when they had Vaskersian and and Jesse the Body yes. were doing it originally on XFL. Wasn't and then, Boz doing it with somebody? Yeah, and then Vaskersian was making fun of it so bad, they basically fired him, and then it became Jim Ross and doing Jerry, it. It's like, and, and you can't have I, those I, guys. You can't have my wrestling announcers calling a football game. Right. You need football guys. Yeah, and I think Joel Klatt, Okay, might be involved because yep. I saw him in some commercials, and you he, know he whether you like him or not, games. he knows what he's yes, talking absolutely. about. Absolutely, and I think that would help their product immensely and give it a, some sort of legitimacy. Sure. So, all right, now we can put football to rest, yes. and we will move on to college hoops. What a week! Yeah, what and a week. if you're Wisconsin, it was a lot of ups and downs, and you and I talked at length on um, some of our games when we were off the air. Um, and via text message about, you know, the Iowa and the Davison stuff and, and then the Kobe King stuff. But, I mean, just to recap, you go to Iowa, you lose. Kobe King doesn't make the trip. Uh, Davison gets suspended because he, you know, basically gives a forearm, yeah, forearm shiver to the balls of a guy that who went when he's trying to come off a screen. Then you take that whole week. Kobe announces that he's leaving the team. You, you play Michigan State at home without both of those guys. And miraculously, I mean, Michigan State wasn't even in it until like the last eight or nine minutes. Not that shocked they won, honestly. Okay. I'm, I'm not. All right. Um, but, yeah, let's, let's, let's backtrack a little bit. Um, to, let's start with Davison. Um, Your boy. Yeah, I, I just don't understand what he's doing um, in he, situations like that, because, do you not buy the fact that he is completely like I don't know what I'm supposed to do or no. what I did wrong? I didn't see it. Like you, you know completely that he is full of shit. He's totally full of shit. <laughs> he, those are not basketball plays. You never. I don't care if the only excuse he could have for getting his arm uh, up under a guy like that is if the guy setting that screen is minute ball. Okay. Um. I just don't buy it. The prior history speaks to to it being otherwise, um, you know. And and 
a lot of people were saying, well, Greg Gard came out and said that he's known the kid since he was 14 and he'd vouch for his character and he'd never do this and that and the other. And it's like, okay, well, number one, he has to say that partly because of what was going on with Kobe King, but also because that's his player. But I don't care. It's, it's great that he goes to the children's hospitals. It's great. He came down here. I think it was last year for the uh, little boy with the cancer uh, outing over to Craig. Oh, was he here? Yes, he okay. was here for that. All right. That's great. That does not mean that he's not a dirty player. One has nothing to do with the other. Right. So he is a dirty player. I know Badger fans don't like to hear that, but it's a fact. And there's video evidence to back that up. The reason he was suspended is twofold. Number one is prior history. Number two, the guy hitting the balls was the kid of the coach of Iowa. It's Fran McCaffrey's oh, kid. Well, I didn't know it was McCaffrey. You don't think they're going to go and talk to the league and try to get his ass kicked out for a game? Absolutely. So if you have to be smart enough, if you're going to do something dirty, you have to know who you can and can't do it to and where you can and can't do it. You can't do it on the road at your rival to the coach's kid. That's just stupid. I guess I just don't understand the mindset I don't of either. why you would do that in the I first either. place, whether it's the coach's kid or whether it's somebody else. He's and lucky that he hasn't been blasted in the face for some of this stuff. Do you think that it was if, if it was a more higher-profile program than Wisconsin in the season that they're having right now, which they're not in the top 25, they've never really – I don't think they've even snuck in at all um, – do you think he gets more attention than yeah. he is right now? Yeah. And not I, and not I, to the Grayson Allen level that, no, that, and, that did happen. Well, part of it is his, his, is his level of player. You know, I heard somebody else talking about this on a podcast. Like, the Grayson Allen thing was such a big deal because, like, he was, he was just too good to be doing that. The guy's an NBA player. The guy was the best player in the Final Four of the year. They beat the Badgers. I mean, he didn't need to be doing that stuff. Brad Davidson is a marginal college basketball player, so... In, in your mind, you can rationalize a little bit like, okay, well, he's not as athletically gifted as some of these other guys, so he's trying to get an edge. But, no, if if the Badgers were a higher-ranked and higher-profile team this season, if he was a little better player, hell yeah, he'd be getting more coverage. People just kind of – people, I think, around the country just kind of expect this shit with the Badgers. With all this flopping around they do and, and Davidson's history of doing this, I don't think anybody's surprised. Okay. Um, King, the, King didn't make the trip. Yeah. Uh, it came out that he was dealing with uh, an issue for personal reasons, and then one story leaked in the headlines that that said that he was thinking about leaving, and then in two days that came to fruition. Um, and then he gave one one article to uh, Jim Polzine of the State Journal, where he had a bunch of quotes, and and you and I talked about it at length, not feeling the love. Um, he had meetings with with guard and some of the assistants. Nothing changed, so he just decided to leave. And then he was thinking about leaving after his injury plagued year or during his injury plagued year. But he decided to stick it out and gut it out. Uh, but he just couldn't continue right now the way that things were happening. And you and I have both had of our had our say of this, and it is definitely not to the side of Kobe King. <laughs> And and I I mentioned it this morning on the air, and you brought up a great point. And when we were in in Monroe on our company shindig, and that was a talk among amongst a lot of the dudes that were talking basketball, because there's a couple of big basketball fans that work for the group. And I said, you know, you had brought up a great point about um, King in high school, and now his position on the team, 
and where he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it, in the hierarchy of the team, um, he Kobe King was probably believing that by his third year at Madison, he would be the face of the program and getting ready to make his jump to the NBA. Um, he is not the face of the program. Brad Davison is. For better or for worse, nut puncher or not, that is the guy that is the face of your program. Um, and look, I, I've been on some teams with some guys with some egos. Let me tell you, that matters. Trust me. Um, this is a kid that, you know, was most likely coddled by his AAU coach, coddled by his high school coach. Um, he has shown by his words that he is soft, um, as as my old coach Suter would say. Um, go home, give mommy a hug, <laughs> have her go in the kitchen, bake you a nice cake. And sit on her lap and, and eat some cake. That that's that's kind of Kobe King in a nutshell. Um, you know the timing obviously is bad. Um, quitting on your team with ten games left after the semester has already began, which only hurts you mm-hmm. in terms of transferring. Um, that's bad. That's you know people say it's a bad look. I don't care about the look. It's not. A, it's a. It's only a bad look for Kobe King. If he has professional aspirations, I think, because there's going to be a college coach that will take him. Of course, because the college coach only cares if he thinks that Kobe King's going to help him win games. Exactly. Um, so I, I don't, you know, whatever. Um, I, I think you had said it. If if you don't want to be there, go. You're fine with that. Yeah. Don't want to be here, don't be here. Go. Yeah, but like... Just be a man and oh. suck it up for an extra six weeks and, not- and finish it out and don't leave supposedly your brothers in a lurch. And I know those guys came out and said all the right things, the the, the current right. players. They're, they're not going to come out and blast I'm, him. I'm not saying leave in place of that no, other stuff. I, I get it. That should be first. But yes. at the end of the season when you're wishy-washy, Cor- don't be wishy-washy. You Just should, go. You should have left it semester. Right. Th- then that's fine. Yeah. Fine. But, the, you know, and the kid, I never really thought he was that good anyway. Um, I know he was Mr. Basketball in the state, but, you know, uh, he plays D. I think they're D3, Lacrosse Central. Um, okay. Okay. I mean, he, he, he was a good high school player uh, because he was bigger, faster, stronger than 99% of the guys he was playing against. Um, I've always, this is my own personal bias, I've always been a little skeptical of the great high school player who plays at the lower divisions. Um, not that they they can't be really good players. I mean, Sam Decker is an example. Henry Ellenson's a good example. But you know, a lot of times those guys end up being Sam Oakies too, and uh, <laughs> they don't exactly play superior competition. Sure. They're, they're man children. Yes. at a young age, yep. so uh, it, it kind of makes it easier on them. But yeah, man, uh, I, I'm just I thought. Some of the comments he made about guard were pretty shitty. I think he kind of threw him under the bus uh, to save his own ass. But now, don't you think guard is a little bit more under the microscope by a lot of these yeah. people? I mean, I I think in that in that article, Polzine had said it's it sounded like guard and a couple of members of his staff drove to lacrosse to go see the the Davis brothers, mm-hmm. uh, Johnny and Jordan, and it didn't sound like their dad was particularly having a favorable image of Kobe King and his actions. 
Oh, like, oh he, the, he he didn't really like. I don't understand. Ray out. Oh, like, okay, I don't understand okay. why gotcha. you do that. Gotcha. This doesn't have anything to do with our boys. We're committed. We like the coach. We think we're going to be successful. You know that kind of stuff. So, I, I I mean that just to me further kind of tarnishes the image of Kobe King, which again you said doesn't really matter at this point. But. I just have a hard time believing. And I know Kobe King didn't play for Bo Ryan. I have a hard time believing that Greg Gard could be a bigger dick at practice or Bo in a Ryan. game than Bo Ryan. And and I'm just, and I'm not talking as a human. I'm talking as a coach. Right. Like sometimes your coach can be a dick. Other times you're fine with them. I would just tend to believe that Gard's not that way. He just doesn't seem like that kind of a guy. He's more Paul Christish than sure. anything. Yep. Um. So I don't know. The the whole situation is very bizarre. I mean, like the the Kobe King you made the comment like I felt like I was just being used to win basketball games. Well, what the fuck you think you're there for? They didn't go to lacrosse and look at you play basketball and go, you know, that kid would fit really well in our history uh curriculum. <laughs> like what the uh-huh. hell do you think you're there for? They're paying a 40, 50 whatever thousand dollar a year scholarship for you. It's not so you can go there and have a good time and feel and feel all warm and fuzzy. You're there to play. You're there to win. Yep. I mean, come on. They're not paying guard a couple million dollars a year to just to just try. Right. Just try. Just just see what happens. No, no, I totally agree. Yeah. I totally agree. Um, Badgers got to go on the road at Minnesota. They're not good on the road. Two and five in true road games uh, this season. That happens on Wednesday. Then they're back home against Ohio State. Um, on Sunday. I think the Minnesota student section will have any fun with Davis oh in this week. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I, I'll, I'll be curious to see how that goes for sure. All right. Um, move to Marquette. Win at Xavier. Was that an OT or double yeah, double OT? OT? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I that, thought. Well, that was the night that Marcus Howard got his face caved in. Oh, my God. I was actually watching when that happened, and the guy that came down with the rebound and then just whipped around, didn't even know he was mm-hmm. behind him, and just full force right in the grill. I mean, I he they said he didn't have a concussion, and I thought, well, yeah, I think he probably broke his like his cheekbone. Right. Because he got blasted. Mm-hmm. Um. But thankfully he didn't. He ended up playing in the DePaul game and he had to wear a mask. But that, you know, it's better yeah, than not playing. You think that was a little sensitive area? Oh man. Uh, that's yeah. So um let's see. They got they got Butler. What I mean, what do you think about about Marquette? They they had a little trouble to start the Big East. They've kind of righted the ship. Is that by way of the schedule, who they've played or how they've played or both? Uh I think it's little, I think it's a little more how they've played. Um, you know, they had uh, a kid leave the program a couple of weeks ago as well, Ed Morrow. That, yes, and they brought in this this kid from Utah as a grad transfer, Jace Johnson. He's a seven footer, um, and he was pretty good at Utah. So they had high hopes for him, but he got hurt in the preseason. So he didn't play much early on, and then you could tell when they started playing him a little bit before a conference and in early conference, he just he was getting there, but he wasn't mm-hmm. there. Uh, about the last two weeks, he started playing really well and has given them kind of a different presence down low with his size. There's just not a lot of 6'10", 6'11", guys in college basketball walking around anymore Sure, that actually play down low, too. So that has really helped them a lot. Um you know the Xavier game when Howard got knocked out. It's one of those. It's one of those addition by subtractions almost because they're so reliant on him in these games that when he doesn't play well, they almost can't win. 
Well, with him out, it gave Sakar Anum and Kobe McCune and Brandon Bailey a lot more responsibility. And down the stretch, those guys played awesome. Um, they were making huge shots, um, huge, huge defensive plays. So um, that stuff can only be built upon as the season goes on. You know, I, everything I'm seeing right now with both the Badgers and Marquette, they're both in that six to eight range for seeding right now. And I think that's, you know, barring a, a, one of them going on a losing streak or a winning streak, which I just think both of these teams are win two, lose one right. type type of teams. Sure. Um, that's probably where they're going to be. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if the Badgers get better with the with the subtraction of King. Um, I kind of tend to think they're going to stay about what they are. I think the Michigan State game was not that shocking to me. I mean, that's kind of one of those ones where the chips are down, everybody bands together for right. one day and pulls one through. I'll be interested to see how they do this week. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Marquette, I, I just see a team that's getting progressively better and, you know, hopefully for them, they can start peaking around tournament time. Because remember last year at the end of the year, they lost like yes, their last four regular season yep. games. And then I think they won one Big East tournament game. Then they got blown out. Then they got destroyed by John Morant, the tournament, which was just an awful way to end a season. So hopefully for them, uh, it doesn't quite go that way. If the Badgers somehow tank in the tournament and are not good in the second half of the Big Ten season and don't make the NCAAs, is there a case to fire Greg Gard? I don't think so. Okay. I because don't think so. There, there, there was a lot of talk in, about that from some of the guys, and, and a lot of the Badger fans that we were on uh, on the bus with, not fans, they didn't like how this whole thing has gone down, and they were decidedly anti-Gard, and they were all kind of waiting for him to get his walking papers. Well, here's the thing. He's like third all-time in Big Ten winning percentage right now, okay? And I know it's early in his career, and that's, that can change. But right now, he's third all-time. They've been very successful. Um, who the hell has he had? His best, player has been, his best player in his, in his tenure has been Ethan, Ethan Happ, Happ, who could not make a shot outside of five feet, literally. And didn't really play defense very so, well. You know, on one hand, you say, well, who has he had? And then the people say, well, he can't recruit. Well, but he also has, like, two really highly ranked recruiting classes in the next two years yes. coming in. So you you can't have it both ways. It can't be he can't recruit, but he's got good recruits coming in. Give this guy a chance to to get this group in. I mean, I think if they flame out this year in spectacular fashion and, and they go to the NCAA tournament and score 35 points and get beat, I think his leash gets tighter. Okay. But I think we've seen enough of Barry Alvarez over the years to know that he's not a real quick reactionary kind of guy. Because if he was, he would have fired Gary Anderson <laughs> after, after that Arizona State game. That was just recurring um, in my brain. But I, I just don't. That's just not the way the Badgers historically have operated. Um, and I think Guard has earned. It, it's just hard. It's hard to get rid of a guy if you look at the numbers and you look at the. Just look at the wins, losses. Forget how they win and lose. Mm-hmm. He's been a pretty successful guy. Okay. So just just a just a question. Yeah, no, it's it's valid because you're right. It's it's out there. And it was kind of funny after on Saturday afternoon when the game was over, I went on Twitter and you know, most of the the pro badger media guys, the Wargles, Patricus is, you know, guys like that, Mike Heller, they were all we're 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 the fire guard people right now. Like you either you still want to fire right. him or yeah, that, you know like that game shouldn't have mattered. It, no, to, it, to, to, you can't to, have to it both side. ways. No, you're right. So you're right. 
All right. Um, let's move to our last topic, pro basketball. Um, we filled quite a bit of time just on our, our first two, yes. but uh, to the NBA, um, it's the Bucks. I mean, you have you have uh, Giannis and then Middleton and the All-Star stuff happening. Saw today, you you put that in the notes, that Connaughton's entering the dunk contest. Yeah, that should be interesting. Um, and then we'll get into some NBA notes, but... Um, Right now, Bucks had a had a nice bounce back. They lost to the Nuggets heading into the weekend, and then on Sunday uh, they got a win against the Suns. But uh, b- before that Denver game, boy, that game against the Wizards, yeah, was that the game that Giannis was out with yes. with shoulder soreness or yeah. whatever it was? Yeah. And Middleton dropped fifty one. Yeah, and they had like eighty something at the half. Yes, it was just I remember a crazy cause, cause number. I think we were we were at a game and you had shown me the yeah. phone or something like that, and like. What? It, <laughs> yeah. it, it looked like the All Star Game uh-huh. score. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, the Wizards are not a defensive team. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was pretty cool to see Middleton get fifty one. He was, you know, he was pretty happy about it, and, and his teammates were, you know, having a good time with him. And uh, you know, that's always that's that's kind of what this team is. I mean, they they pull for each other quite a bit, and uh, so yeah, a, a two in one week. You know, the the loss to Denver. Denver's really good. Um, Giannis hadn't played. I think they said Giannis played one game in 11 days. They were still kind of coming off of the Paris trip. Um, I mean, they beat Washington in the interim between the Paris trip and Denver, but Washington's terrible. So I don't even know that you count that that much. Um, so 41 and seven, six and a half games up on Toronto in the East. Um, you know, like you said, they got the two all-stars. Middleton has already basically said that Giannis better pick him or else. <laughs> Um, so that that'll be fun to see, but uh, yeah, they got uh, a couple nationally televised games this week. Tomorrow they're at New Orleans mm-hmm. on TNT. Yep. Thursday they're home for Philly on TNT, and then Saturday night at Orlando. Um, the Philly game on Thursday is an interesting one, and it's kind of a big game in my opinion. Just just to kind of gauge where everybody's at, Philadelphia has really been struggling. Um, they're currently the sixth seed. Right now, I think they're thirty-one and nineteen overall, but they're nine and seventeen on the road. The last time they played them was it on Christmas? It was on Christmas in Philly, yes. where they've only lost twice, but nine and seventeen on the road. Um, so this is a game I think the Bucks really need to lock in and get. Um, you know, just just to kind of put the stamp on it. Mm-hmm. Like you ain't coming in here. We, you know, you you guys, yeah, you whipped our ass on Christmas, but there were a lot of factors. Um, that's, that's one I'm, I'm looking forward to see, but, uh, this, this team is continues to roll. They're going to be, they're going to be close to 50 wins by the all-star break. I mean, I think they said yesterday, I think Marcus said at the end of the game, their magic number to clinch the playoffs right now is seven. Whoa, really? Which is, uh, I mean, that's just to make the postseason. Just to though. make the postseason. I mean, you have higher aspirations than just making. And we're not, we're, we're not even to Valentine's day yet. So, I mean, that's. That's pretty awesome. Wow. That's pretty awesome. Okay. It's, it's just uh, I'm trying my best to not take this for granted. You know, I mean, because they were really good yet? last year. I've been to one, okay. just opening night. Right. Um, you know, they were so good last year, and now they're even better this year, and I don't want to fall into the trap where it's like, oh, yeah, I don't need to watch this. They're playing Cleveland. Or it's like, no, I need to watch it. They're the best team in the league. I waited 38 years to see this. <laughs> You know, I it could be gone in three years, five years. Yep. Who knows? Um, but, yeah, just a couple NBA things. Victor Oladipo is back for uh, the Pacers. He had been out for almost a year with a torn quad. Ugh. 
And uh, good, good to see him back. Really good player, good dude. He will help Indiana a lot. All of a sudden, him and Brogdon in the backcourt is uh, pretty interesting. That's that's uh, one of those teams that I don't think they could ever beat the Bucks in the playoffs, but I think they'd, they'd be a pain in the ass. Sure, you know. Okay. Um, Kyrie Irving hurt again. Um, he came back long enough to to shed some tears for his buddy Kobe and get one really cool and one mixtape move in a game that he got hurt in, and they lost. Tell him to go study a globe. Kind of Kyrie Irving in a nutshell. Awesome move. Lose the game. Now I'm hurt. That's kind of him in a nutshell. Um, and then uh, just the last thing, I, I didn't even think about it until the day it snuck up on me. The trade deadline's Thursday. This week? Yeah. You haven't heard anything. Not, I just kind of spaced it out. It's funny because you... You and I had talked about it, and you had mentioned it multiple times on our road trips about, you know, you'd like to add somebody, but who do you add and who do you take minutes from and what do you give up and, you know, all that stuff. And it's like some of the other NBA guys that I follow that work for the different radio stations that I've been affiliated with, when somebody even mentions picking somebody up at the trade deadline, they blow a gasket like the best team in the league and you're looking to add a piece? Why would you mess with what you have currently? But I mean, well, that kind of thing can you? get that kind of thing can get you beat in the playoffs. Well, you, you always got to be looking. I I did a little reading around today. The one guy that teams have inquired about that I think the Bucks would probably be willing to part with is Sterling Brown. Um, I believe he's a free agent at the end of the year. He's he was a second round pick, so he's been making. He's like Brogdon, making no money. Um, so. They're going to have to pay him a little bit next year. I don't know. He, he's a nice player, but he's a little redundant with Connaughton and DiVincenzo with him. They all kind of do similar stuff. You know, if you could throw him and maybe the, the first-round pick he got from Indiana in the Brogdon trade, maybe you go get something. But, again, I just – I'm not sure what's out there. Um, Andre Iguodala is a name that's been floated out to all the contenders – um, he was traded from Golden State to Memphis in the offseason. He has not played this year. Um, they've they've kind of mutually agreed for him to stay home. They're going to pay him, let him work out on his own, but they're not going to have him play. They're trying to find a home for him. Um, I don't know if the Bucks are a contender for that or not. We'll see. I kind of have a feeling he's he, Lakers-Clippers to me, Sure, I think, for him. Um, that's just kind of how that stuff always works. But, yeah, it's it's hard to say. You, you know, you should mess with it. And I'm not really advocating that they should. But, you know, if you can flip somebody like Sterling Brown, who's not going to really affect you on court, um, you know, you know, I don't know how the friendships work and all that. Sure. Maybe he's best friends with Giannis. I don't know. I don't think so. But, um, you know, if there's an opportunity to get somebody like a Miritich or a George Hill like they did last year, you got to take a look at it. All right. That is uh, going to do it a little shy of an hour for us here in this edition of the Intentional Foul, even though we covered about um, half hour for football talk when there wasn't much football, just one game. Hopefully we can get um, that last week's up because yeah. we had some good stuff I, on there. I we had there some, was. We had some good stuff about Kobe. We yep. had some good stuff about some crazy-ass parents at high school games. Oh, my God, which just seems to be getting worse Yeah, as we move along, by the way. And I, I mean... I had asked you this point blank at a ball game, and you you looked at me like I was out of my mind. But I really, honestly think that this season has flown by more so than in seasons past. And I don't know whether we aren't doing as many games. We aren't going out on the road as much. I think that's what it is. We're not going out on the road as much. Okay, but uh, I mean, it, it's crazy to think, and you've sent me your updated 
per, per predictions for seedings, um, you know, twice already, and and I will be. I will be curious to see what this landscape looks like because, I mean, before the end of February, we're already going to be in one side of the playoffs. we got three weeks left of games. Wow. I think we've got ten games left. Okay. So we've got three this week, three this four week. next week, yep. and three the following week, and, and then we're at a tournament. So I think next week should be the seeding meeting already for the girls. Wow. So, yeah, we're, we're getting to the end. All right, and I think we have a date in Middleton next week, which means... I know, but it's a Friday night. It's going to be mob. Fish fry. Yeah. We might have to get there at three. We may just have to go eat four Hertz donuts and die in the stands. All right. Thank you for listening, subscribing, downloading. Tell your friends. We appreciate you. You can follow us on uh, Twitter at Podcast Fall. I'm on Twitter. Dan's on Twitter as well. Um, So we appreciate you, and um, we will check in with you next time. I'm Josh. I'm Dan. Talk to you next time. Joe Bucks. Joe Bucks.